Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, I have a regular column, an agent's take at CBSSports.com on NFL contracts and salary cap uh, topics. Uh, This week, we're going to be looking at an early preview of 2021 franchise tags. Um, in 2020, we had an increase in the number of people who were given the designation. Uh, there were 14 players uh, designated with a franchise tag. Um, in 2018 and 19, there were a combined 11 players. Uh, usage hadn't been that high since 2012 when there were 21 teams that placed the franchise player designation, um, used it. And that was because that's when the methodology for uh, calculating franchise tags changed. And with the change, uh, there was about a 20% drop across the board of franchise tender amounts. Um, This year, I don't think we're going to have nearly the type of usage in franchise tags that we had uh, this year for 2021. Because... Uh, COVID-19 has wreaked havoc on NFL finances. Uh, Because of the pandemic, um, the NFL and NFLPA set a floor of $175 million for the salary cap for next year. Tell you otherwise, I'm just going to assume that that is going to be uh, what the uh, salary cap is going to be, $175 million. It's $198.2 million right now, so that's a pretty steep drop. (laughs) Um, So... I think that alone means that we're not going to have the same type of teams placing franchise tags. Each team can put uh, one franchise tag or transition tag on an impending free agent. And the, there's a 15-day period where you have to designate someone from February 23rd to March 9th. Uh, that's the window to put a franchise tag. Well, first, let's uh, go over how uh, franchise tags are calculated. Um, historically... It's been the average of the top five salaries at a player's position in the prior year. And by salary for these purposes, that's a player's cap number for the most part. Certain, like workout bonuses get excluded and most performance bonuses are excluded in coming up to that calculation. That's what the formula was initially. Very simple. You just look back a year, take the average of the top five, boom, you got it. Now, when... I was talking about how they dropped um, in 2012. That's because the method changed in the 2011 CBA. The, in 2012 was the first year where you had new designations of franchise tags, and the method, methodology is different. It's more convoluted than it used to be. For This is for the non-exclusive franchise tag I'm talking about. You still have the five largest salaries, but now it's – Calculate over a five-year period, and it's tied to an overall percentage of the cap. So what you do is you take the how you used to calculate them for each position, which is the average of the top five salaries in the previous year. You take that number, and you 
look back five years. You add up those five years of numbers for each four position, and that gets divided by the salary caps for the previous five years. So if you go back salary caps previous five years um, for the 2021 calculation, that'll be uh, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. You add those up together, you're going to get 885.87 million will be what's going to be the denominator um, for each position. Whatever the sum of the five franchise has calculated the old way. Um, you, you divide those numbers into each other, you get a percentage, and you multiply that percentage of what the upcoming cap is. And it's going to be, for our purposes right now, $175 million. So that's going to tell you what the number is. So if the cap goes up significantly in, in from one year to the next, the uh, franchise numbers go up. If they go down, like this year, which doesn't happen, then you're going to see an across-the-board drop. In, in the uh, in in the numbers, there's one. This is for the non-exclusive. It's one other thing I didn't mention that it's the average of top five salaries or 120 percent of your prior year's salary, whichever is greater. That's for the non-exclusive tag. If you put a non-exclusive tag on someone, they have the right to shop themselves to uh, other teams um, and sign an offer sheet. And if you sign an offer sheet that isn't matched, you get two first-round picks as compensation. Um, You haven't had anyone move on a franchise tag for full compensation in about 20 years. Joey Galloway was the last person um, to do so. That's when um, Seattle stuck a franchise tag on him in, I believe, 2000, and he ended up going to Dallas for two first-round picks. I'm surprised that you haven't had a team do that again because we're starting to see top players now who get traded to be traded for more than two first-round picks. For example, Laramie Tunsil essentially went for two first-round picks and a second-round pick. That's more than the franchise tag uh, compensation. Same with um, Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, two first and a fourth. Jamal Adams, more than two first-round picks as well. And these, are not, these aren't quarterbacks. These are every other position for quarterbacks where these guys play. So at some point, you're going to have some team which is going to sign the offer sheet, design it in a way which will be tough to match. You can't do poison pills anymore with offer sheets. That went out the window in this CBA. So you, you, you can't some sort of weird deterrent in there where uh, it wouldn't be matched. But if a team doesn't have a ton of cap room, then it's possible you could create an offer sheet that wouldn't be matched. So there's also the exclusive franchise tag, which only one, uh, which is what Dak Prescott was playing under this year. And that calculation is a little bit different. It is the average of the top five salaries in the current year. And it's the same by salaries, basically cap numbers. Uh, this year, the formula, and it's called the cap percentage average, is what that, form, that formula number is called under the CBA. The cap percentage average number for quarterbacks this year was 26.824 million whereas Dak Prescott got the exclusive tag so was the average of top five salaries at the end of the restricted free agent signing period this year in April and that's going to be April 23rd for 2021 it's that or 120% of your prior year salary so um, that's why he's at 34.31.409 million as opposed to the cap percentage average number of 26.824 million now, the guys who played under 
one franchise tag this year. They're basically, for the most part, if they if it's the cap percentage average number you're looking at, they get the non-exclusive again. If they get tagged a second time, it's going to be the 120% provision uh, for those guys uh, because if the number's going down, the cap percentage average number is going to be irrelevant to their situation. So they would all be receiving 20% increases when the cap's going down, basically 12% unless something changes. So for some of these positions and some of these teams, that's going to be uh, completely untenable to put a second franchise tag on someone. Um, there are actually some teams that I don't think are going to be in any position to be franchising anybody just because of their cap situations, even if they have a player that they may want to put a tag on. And some of these teams are already taken care of uh, potential guys who would have been tagged with extensions, which is why their cap situation may, may contribute to why their cap situations are the way they are. Like the um, team which has the most interesting or the toughest road, and honestly, other than franchise anybody, is going to be the Saints. Um, during the offseason, the top 51 cap numbers count. And if you look at their cap commitments and you subtract out what could be their carryover room, you can carry over cap room from one year to the next, and then fill out a top 51, uh, the Saints are basically at $282 million in cap commitments. I haven't looked at where there's some natural exit points with some of these with like voidable deals, voidable years where they could pick up cap room. So this is just uh, what the numbers are for these teams. Like if you got 282 million of cap commitments, you're, that's basically where you are and the cap's going to be 175. <laughs> you're not franchising anybody. Same goes with the Eagles. Uh, once they have a top 51 all filled in, they're basically 237 million. Cap's 175. Good luck with that. You got a couple other teams in similar boats as, as well. Uh, Pittsburgh. They're at basically 207.5 right around there. Good luck. Um, Atlanta Falcons, 209 <laughs> um, million. Shade over 209 million. Not franchising anybody. Green Bay. Some people think that Aaron Jones could be franchised. 201.5 million. Caps. If the cap's 175, how are you going to stick a franchise tag and afford that? Um, the Chiefs um, are another team which are, are there. Uh, the Chiefs have the cap's 198.2. Uh, this year, they're at 198.5. So even if the cap does, for some reason, stay flat, 198.5. Uh, the Rams took care of who they were going to franchise, just like Green Bay. Green Bay, David Bakhtiari, or Kenny Clark did extensions. Rams took care of their potential tag guys. Jalen Ramsey, done. Extension. Cooper Cup, extension. Rams, they're close to the 198 mark this year. Uh, from uh, there, one ninety, basically one hundred ninety-seven of of where they are. So that would put them basically twenty-two million over the cap. Um, not going to happen. So guys like Joey Bosa would have been franchised, got a new deal, or Keenan Allen for the Chargers, new deal. So then you got a guy like uh, Trent Williams, who potentially would be a franchise tag candidate for um, San Francisco. When they traded for him, shortly after they did, they reworked his deal. And they put in a provision where the Niners couldn't put a franchise or transition tag on him at the end of the year when his um, contract is up. So he's going to be a free agent. And that's someone who would have been a tag candidate as well. 
Okay, now let's take a look at what the projected numbers uh, would be with the $175 million cap and who would be the best candidates or the top candidates. And we're going to do this uh, by position um, instead of by team. Uh, first, we'll start with quarterback because that is the position with the largest number. Dak Prescott is going to be a candidate uh, to get another franchise tag, but... He's not going to, the cap percentage average, the formula number is not going to apply to him. A second franchise tag for him, 120%, will be $37,690,800. That's 20%, the 20% raise. Um, even though he has that opener compound pack fracture and dislocation of his right ankle, which happened in the fifth game of the season against the Giants. Jerry Jones indicated the injury doesn't change anything for Dallas's plans for him, and since they couldn't agree on a long-term deal, um, he's looking at that same franchise tag. So now here's where that um, other, because it'll be exclusive mo most likely, um, and the other calculation will come into play for right now, and it's going to change because he's because the guys who compose the top five for 2021. They'll probably have some guys that end up uh, restructuring deals and lowering cap numbers, and I can't see a quarterback deal coming in for cap number to replace anybody. But as of now, um, if you projected out the top five quarterbacks for 2021, it would be $37.768 million. Um, and the cutoff time is for what when restructures will matter is at the end of the designation period on March 9th. Anyone gets who gets cut, they, they fall out of the equation. But that's when the restructures get frozen in time. But I'm just going to assume it's going to be the 120% for Dak. So let's say he gets the tag again. I don't see him um, doing anything um, before then, even though guys who were tagged this year who played on the one-year deal, they're allowed to – sign new deals when the regular season ends on January 3rd. I think Dak's going to force uh, them to make a decision on a second tag, and if not, he'd be free. Um, then, basically, we go through the same drill again as last year, um, trying to get a deal done. Um, length of contract was the issue, biggest sticking point, more so than dollars. If Dallas wants another long-term deal, he could be playing on a one-year prove-it deal. And then things get really interesting, because in 2022 <laughs> – Third franchise tag is a 44% raise over the second one. So that'd be $54,274,752. Uh, or he's a free agent. <laughs> so Dak's got a lot of leverage. I expect him to, if he's going to sign and stay in Dallas long term, it's going to be more than the $39 million per year Deshaun Watson got. So he could be he could become the second $40 million per year player in NFL history um, behind um, Patrick uh, Mahomes. One other quarterback, got to look at Cam Newton. Not playing great. Uh, doesn't look like the 2015 Cam when he was the MVP. But they're not going to stick a second franchise tag on Joe Thune. That's going to be $17,737,200. That, that's way above what the offensive guard market is. There's not even a $15 million per year offensive guard yet. So I don't consider that to be realistic. But the only reason why I consider Cam... Um, who's been inconsistent this year um, that the free agent salary, uh, the, the free agent quarterback class for next year is not that great. 
and the Patriots have a ton of cap room. So they're going to be able to, should they choose to, <laughs> they'll be able to stick the fr- second franchise tag on him um, at hundred and um, seventy-five million as a cap. They're projected right now to have about sixty-two million in cap room, so they could spare a twenty-four point oh seven two million dollar uh, franchise tag for Cam Newton and not think think twice about it. Um, Let's go to wide receiver. Uh, now is, is is the next position to look at because there are some wide receiver candidates. Uh, the projected tag number is going to be fifteen point three two six million, down from seventeen point eight six five million. The cap percentage average or formula number is not going to apply to Allen Robinson because the hundred twenty percent provision would kick in, and if the Bears want to restrict him, it's going to be seventeen point eight eight million for a franchise tag on him. They tried to get a deal done with him. Um, as the preseason was wrapping down, early part of the regular season, couldn't. Uh, there were some rumors that he was requesting a trade. I know his agent came out in category, denied that. But I'm sure he saw that Keenan Allen deal <laughs> that was done in early September, averaging $20.25 million per year and $50 million in guarantees. So <laughs> he's probably thinking, hey, you want, you want to keep me? you got to pay me in that ballpark. He's on track for... Over 100 receptions, 103 and 1,206 receiving yards. Those would be his best marks since signing in Chicago. He's in year three as a bear. Um, if he's going to move on, he's probably going to want to go play someplace that's got a good quarterback. Because in Jacksonville, he had Blake Bortles. Here he's had Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. So he would probably be looking for an upgraded quarterback. Um, Buccaneers have a couple of options. Chris Godwin. Um, receiver who's been slowed by hamstring injuries, concussion, and broken finger this year. He's only played eight of the 12 games, but still in eight games, 49 catches, 562 yards. Last year, breakout year, 86 catches, uh, 1,333 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Didn't play the final two games. If they're going to stick the tag on him, then if you don't, if actually, if they want to keep him long term, it's probably going to have to cost them more than what they're paying Mike Evans in, in 2018, which by the time that um, Godwin would sign to be a three-year-old deal, Evans signed a contract five-year extension averaging $16.5 million per year with $55 million in guarantees. Rams are probably going to make sure Kenny Galloway goes nowhere. He's been limited to five games because of hip and hamstring injuries, but Making sure he goes nowhere is probably should be a top priority of whoever takes over for recently departed general manager Bob Quinn and head coach uh, Matt Patricia. Uh, the new regime probably should make sure that Kenny Galladay is going nowhere. At defensive end, that number projects to uh, 15.409 million down from 17.788 million. The defensive end, I think, would get franchise would be uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, who went out of Jacksonville so badly after they stuck the franchise tag on him last year. He took a pay cut down to $12 million, uh, when he was traded to Minnesota and didn't get um, attack, didn't get a clause where he couldn't be franchised this year. Now, six games in the season, he got traded to the Ravens. Um, Ravens have two edge rushers up. Um, Matthew Judon, who got franchised this year and agreed to a $16.08 million one-year salary. 
you stick another franchise tag on him, it'd be twenty million one hundred sixty-nine thousand six hundred dollars. Not gonna happen. Ronnie Stanley would have gotten the tag, but for his long-term deal. So Ngakwe, um, if they're gonna, they they've let Edge Rogers rock out the door. If they want to keep one, it'll probably be Ngakwe. You don't give up picks, and you're probably not gonna have him be a ten-game rental and let him leave. He was reportedly looking for twenty million per year in 2019 when he was negotiating with Jacksonville before playing out his rookie contract. I doubt that's changed considering that that price range is that being what he might want. With uh, Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett signing for $27 million and $25 million per year uh, with the Chargers and the Browns. So he probably thinks, hey, I'm right on the nose or maybe I should adjust my um, offers because of where the market's moved. Now, for some reason, the tag makes a distinction between outside linebackers in a 3-4 system who are edge rushers and defensive ends who are edge rushers. So if you play in a 3-4 system as an outside linebacker, you get screwed financially. Uh, the linebacker tag number it projects to $14.184 million, down from $15.828 million. And you never see an off-ball linebacker get franchised. Um, would have been interesting to see if Seattle would have put it on Bobby Wagner had he played out his contract instead of signing the extension to make the highest-paid um, off-ball linebacker in NFL history. Chris Godwin was one option for Tampa, so was Shaquille Barrett, um, edge rusher, who got the $15.828 million tag and filed a grievance because he wants to be considered a defensive end. The grievance hasn't been settled. Uh, yet, and how and how franchise tag positions are, it's the uh, position where you took the most snaps in the previous year. So if he was actually rushing the passer, part of a four down four man line, and had his f- hand in the dirt more than he was standing up as an outside linebacker, then he might get the higher number. But um, let's, for sake of these purposes, say. It stays at 15.828 million. Then a second tag is going to be 18.99, million dollars. Led the NFL in sacks last year of 19 and a half. He's got six and 12 games, so he might be a guy they where they want to put a tag on him, make him do it again, just to make sure that he is a premier pass rusher. Let's go to offensive line. Uh, you don't see a ton of. Um, non-tackles, uh, interior offensive linemen get tagged, but you saw two guards last year. Um, the formula number is going to be $13.188 million. As I said, I don't think uh, Joe Thune gets a second tag, but Brandon Scherf, uh, Redskins, I should say Washington football team, excuse me, um, tag number is $15.03 million this year. With Trent Williams leaving, can they let their now best lineman, who's a three-time Pro Bowler, um, walk out the door. Uh, he's, he's got durability concerns. This third straight year, he's landed in IR. Missed three games earlier this year for spring right MCL. Um, second tag is $18.036 million, which is very costly. And if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal, uh, he's going to be the first $15 million per year interior offensive lineman if you, if you want to do that. Um, He'll, he'll probably get that if he's on the open market. Because I think even though the cap's going to drop tremendously, uh, most likely, that the best players will still get paid, but everyone else is going to be in trouble because if you have a bunch of guys released and it is a buyer's market and there is extreme supply, 
Simple economic equation. Supply is going to exceed demand. The, the top guys get paid and everyone else, good luck. Um, Taylor Moten, um, Panthers right tackle. Uh, possibility. Um, you can make a case that he's playing as well as anybody at right tackle this year. Um, as long uh, Jack Conklin, his name would be in that discussion as well, Conklin. Um, left in free agency, left the Titans for the Browns. Signed for um, three years, $42 million, $30 million fully guaranteed. Highest paid right tackle in the league right now is Lane Johnson, $18 million per year. Uh, he supposedly can play left tackle, but has been on the right side ever since he signed his first big deal three years into the league um, and now re-upped at right tackle, and they weren't making him an option for uh, left tackle before they uh, re-signed Jason Peters. So that's the right tackle market. Um, probably somewhere 14, 14 to 18 for uh, Mr. Moten. Um, I don't see any of the offensive linemen getting tagged. If Green Bay didn't have serious cap problems, maybe stick it on center Corey Lindsley. But no. Running back. Let's go to that one. I don't think any running backs get tagged, though. Uh, numbers dropping from Derrick Henry's 10.278 million to 8.3. That number's been steadily going down year after year after year, uh, the running back number. Um, some people thought Aaron Jones might get franchised 8.3. Not with Green, uh, uh, Green Bay's got to clear out a lot of cap room to get to the point where they can even franchise him. So I'll believe it when I see it. Punter kicker. Don't think there'll be anyone franchised. That number's dropping to 4.298 million from 5.019 million. Defensive tackle is going from 16.126 million to 13.317 million. Leonard Williams last year got franchised 16.126 million. That seemed like uh a gift for him because I don't think he was going to come close to that in the open market. That was really Dave Gettleman doubling down, trading for him at the 2019 trading deadline, giving up a third and a fifth round pick for him. Um, but Leonard Williams has responded this year. It's having a great year. Maybe the best is not great, but good year. Maybe his best is a pro. He's actually producing sacks this year, which is something that he hadn't done. He's always had decent pressure uh, from the interior. But a second tag will be $19,351,200 for him. So he may think, uh, hey, maybe I should get in that uh, Chris Jones $20 million per year territory. But I can't see him asking for less than Grady Jarrett at $17 million per year, who was a franchise player um, in 2019 and got that from the Falcons. Or um, no Green Bay nose pack tackle um, Kenny Clark, who signed for $17.5 million um, per year. As long as Gettleman keeps his job, I think uh, the franchise tag for Leonard Williams becomes more of a possibility, if not the long-term deal. Uh, Let's go to uh, safety. There were two safeties, Anthony Harris and Justin Simmons, who were franchised. Their number was $11.441 million. The cap percentage average number won't apply to them, which will be $10.176 million. Um, I think Justin Simmons has a better chance of getting a franchise, second franchise tag. Anthony Harris, that tag number would be $13,729,200. And I say that partially because they just re-signed 
Garrett Bowles, the offensive tackle, to a four-year extension for $68 million. Um, Simmons will probably want to be the highest-paid safety. That right now is Buda Baker, who signed a four-year extension for $59 million back in August, averaging $14.75 million per year. So I think if he stays in Denver, he's the highest-paid uh, safety, at least for now. Jamal Adams will blow way past that if Seattle does an extension um, for him. And one last position to look at, and that's going to be tight end. That number is dropping to $9.206 million. Um, maybe uh, Jonu Smith from the Titans gets that. Um, that's a possibility. Hunter Henry was franchised this year for $10.607 million. If the Chargers want to maintain continuity with their offensive weapons for their phenomenal young quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, who's a six overall pick this year, then second tag is going to be twelve million seven hundred twenty-eight thousand four hundred dollars for Hunter Henry. Had he been free, he probably would have gotten a deal comparable to Austin Hooper's, which Hooper signed with the Browns, left in free agency, ten point five million per year, four years, twenty-three million guarantees. Since then, uh, George Kittle reset the tight end market dramatically signing for 15 million per year to stay in San Francisco in August so let's see if Hunter Henry can benefit from that uh, dramatic reset of the uh, tight end market Um, so that kind of wraps up who I think the candidates would be and what the numbers for the franchise tag would be at 175 million obviously the higher the cap is the higher the uh, numbers go because they're tied to percentage of the cap and that's going to wrap up this week's episode uh thanks for listening um you can find me on twitter at cory joel c-o-r-r-y j-o-e-l and my regular cbs sports.com column and agents take nfl contract and salary cap issues thanks for listening see you next week goodbye